Listen, there are spoilers ahead for the manga that we read, which includes One Piece, Boku no Hero Academia, Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Dr. Stone. Oh, and uh, solo leveling. Right, and solo leveling. But we may talk about others. Who knows what we're going to get into. The point is, there are spoilers ahead. Enter at your own risk. Hey guys, welcome to the Weekly Spate. Uh, I'm Dylan, that's Jake, and we are back. We missed a week, I'm sorry about that. It was my birthday and so we went surfing. I dragged Jake down to the beach, but that's just to your guys' benefit because now we have two weeks of manga to discuss, which we will do right now. And I, I wanna start with Chainsaw Man. That's really what I came here to talk about today. Is Definitely. Fucking Chainsaw Man. It's it's a ripper. We might as well start off with it. It's not only is it a ripper, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna stake my claim and say, as long as they stick the landing, it's a classic. It's, it's a, a it's a top classic five. in the making. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I say that with trepidation because there's still time for them to fuck it up. But right now, it's he, really impressing me. Like we, like we say about One Piece, you know, there's a long leash. They, they've demonstrated that they're, uh, you know, the the story writing is there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm giving them sort of the benefit of the doubt. Until something gets messed up, it, you know, there there is just that, that element of, like, stuff is getting so crazy right now. Yeah. How could they? But that's why it's their job to write manga, and it's my job to read it. Exactly. <laughs> So, last episode, we talked about 81, Chainsaw Man 81. Uh, Power got finger gun head exploded in front of Denji. And uh, that's kind of where we pick up. Uh, we're speaking about 82 and 83 today. And at the start of 82, they're still in Makima's apartment. And Denji's just kind of out of it. Uh, and it made me think of last time you talked about this kind of dreamlike quality. And in this issue, they explicitly reference it he keeps asking like is this a dream like i just feel like what the fuck is going on you know and i'm definitely starting to catch well in 82 i'm starting to catch that vibe in 83 things turn off a little bit yeah but uh, he explicitly references it you know that that sort of dreamlike quality that he's really been building ever yeah. since the gun devil yeah uh, you know was introduced and 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 this whole thing with the snowball fight everything that's happened since it sort of had this dreamlike quality, and it's cool to see Denji talk about it right it's, there. It's sort of uh, keeping with this... The big reveal of, of 82 is that, which we already knew, but she explicitly says Makima orchestrated all of these events to cause Denji to be basically as miserable as possible. And I, I think that, that the dreamlike aspect of it is kind of part and parcel with him being under Makima's control. Like, she... I don't know if she's actually controlling him or if it's just more kind of psychological manipulation, but... Right, it's where, you know, just like in a dream where you're a passenger, yeah. but you can't really make the choices that your character is, is making in the dream, sort of has that same thing. It's He's not yet under Makama's direct control by yeah. activation of her power, but he's in the palm of her hand as far as his mental, emotional state and his life is concerned. Now, the big thing that I want to talk about with this chapter is, so she she did, she did said, I'm doing this to you, I'm ruining your life, not just to be evil, although I'm sure she enjoys that. It's Basically, she, she's trying to break the contract that he has with Puchita by saying, uh, Puchita agreed to be your heart, it was a contract for you to have like a happy life. So I'm going to 
ruin that. And so really what I'm getting at is I am now pretty convinced her ultimate goal is the acquisition of Puchita, if not to directly fuse to with it, somehow bring it under her control. And the means of doing that is breaking the contract that he has with Denji. Because again, the chainsaw is for some reason very important in hell. It's it's some kind of thing that she needs, clearly. Yeah, well, let's get going on that a little bit more with 83. But yeah. I, I think you're right. The, the, the biggest part of, of 82 is this concept of her explicitly referencing the contract between Denji and Pochita yeah. and saying, you know, I engineered all these things to break it. I think one thing that's going to come into severe importance as, you know, the immediate next couple chapters of the plot play out is what is the exact terms of the, con- you know, it's not as explicitly yeah. stated as some of these other things that are just like, take this and give me that. He says, at one point, you know, they're, they're talking about a normal life and yeah. a happy life. And then at another point, Pochita talks about, show me your dreams. Yeah. You know, so what really is it that actually fully constitutes their contract? Makima seems to think it's been broken at this point. But if that was true, Denji would die. He wouldn't have a heart anymore, right? Because that was the contract. In exchange for Puchita being his heart, a.k.a. keeping him alive, Puchita is getting his dreams or he gets to witness Denji have a happy life or something like this, you know. But necessitating breaking the contract, I would imagine, involves killing Denji. Yeah, I have no idea. It's that's yeah. anybody's guess at this point as to a really what the ter- actual terms of the contract are, yeah. and b what what would happen or what will happen if the contract is uh, actually broken. I'm curious though, like Puchita had a very special kind of contract with Denji because they were friends. I can't imagine he's gonna make a deal like this with Makima. I mean. She's the control devil. She could make that's, him do that's it. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, well, yeah, I, as as I think has been demonstrated, she doesn't make these contracts happen just by her forcing ventriloquism out of people. She makes them happen by creating the circumstances. Yeah. She's definitely created a nice stew of circumstances around Denji here. He's, he's really feeling some type of way Dude, these days. Dude, she broke my man down. He's just, he's just so defeated. So, like... So sad. The last panel where she's just sitting with the dogs and he's just laying on the couch is just so depressing, man. He's just he's just broken. Completely. I, I really love uh, her her laugh. Yeah. And then, her, you know, her villain speech. That's some of the best villainry that you've ever seen. You know, it's just this hot, delicate babe just saying, look, look, everything you have. <laughs> it's mine. Everything you ever will have. Yeah. I will have created it and I will destroy it. You're my bitch. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> savage, dude. And and he just he does nothing, which is I mean, I guess that's it. He's just just fucked in the head. So one other big part of 82 that we definitely should discuss is part of uh Makuma's whole, you know, villain story is her dropping this bomb on us that Denji killed his dad. Yeah. Well, Maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but I'm going to put that in the category of just shoveling on the guilt. You know, it, like, right. I, I'm not... Same way the puppet lady said, how yeah. do you make the perfect puppet? Right. The last element is guilt. I don't think the reason that she's doing this is to, quote, make him pay for his sins, which is what she said. That's, that no, seems absolutely. Like a lie. It's gaslighting 101. Yeah. If, you know, you're if you're trying to become an abusive person, which you probably <laughs> shouldn't do, this she's really got it down to a yeah. T. You, why, why'd you kill power? Why'd yeah. you go? You, you did you that. Did. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty messed up. I think the dad thing will come back into play, obviously, but I don't. That's not why she's doing this. I think we can say safely. It's just. Oh, yeah, that's really what I'm more interested in is you you don't dangle something like that and then just leave it as, yeah, Denji killed his dad. It was sort of messed up. Like, we're definitely going to get some more backstory on what that specific circumstance was. She just said, your dad was really drunk and he was going to kill you. Uh, No, you can't, you know, I I need some more details on that. Do you think, okay, we're coming back to this idea of the door because the actual door with the eye, when they open it, that's Denji's dad is back there. So is that, is that it? Like, that's the thing you should not have opened? Like, I don't, I mean, I guess it could be like the key to Denji's psychology, but this is literally the first time we're hearing about his dad. It just feels weird to me that, that this big door, secret door we've been seeing, it's yeah. I don't know. Like you said, I'll give him a lot of leash. I, I'm I'm in for the ride. I'm down to go wherever you want to take me. Like, Chainsaw Man is fucking rad. One thing I was struck by, actually, and, you know, it's it isn't or I haven't formulated it to the level of, like, a real thesis about, uh, you know, a theme or involvement here. But it's getting very Freudian in 82. Yeah. We've got dreams. The, the subconscious and patricide. Yeah. All cooking, you know, in the and same pot. Makima's definitely got a stern mommy type vibe going on. Yeah. That's her yeah. whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I think that it, it, it would, uh, you know, bear some, some, some deeper looks at if people actually like the uh, sort of more academic side if people have the patience to well, hear maybe, somebody throw freud at a wall and see what sticks maybe one day if uh if we actually acquire listeners we can do something like that yeah, yeah. not not <laughs> high up on the priority just just a thought that i had yeah all right it's time 82 out yeah. of the way let's get into 83 let's, dude first of all kishi bay is the fucking man he's so cool he is so cool I, I'll, I'll just go back to it. Like, when Dylan was reading this, I was so stoked for him to get to that one chapter where Kishibe is talking to Quan Chu and holds up the notebook. He's like, I'm going to kill Mako. Yeah, are you I'm in? like, yo, <laughs> this guy is out of pocket. He's so cool, and he's, he's delivering. You yeah, know, they, no, they dangled it, and, and he, he, he went through with it. When he, when he said that, I was like... Come on, bro. His contracts are knife, needle, and and claw. Like you're good, you're good. But there's no way. But no, he had a plan. He fucking executed. He got six dudes to kill themselves to summon the demon of hell, which di- didn't even work. Come on, bazookas, yeah. everything, breached. Like, oh, he's just so cool. Uh, now I took from that though that his like Makima says, save me, chainsaw man. So do you think that the plan was effective or is this just further manipulation where she could get out of that but she's like no Denji come come fight for me I think she may have tweaked a couple things in order to put this plan in motion i.e. she knew about Kishibe wanting to kill her and yeah. set subtle things in motion but I think Kishibe definitely consciously of his own will is trying to kill Makuma and oh, no, that's, I that- think she consciously knew of it for sure and allowed it to happen. The save me chainsaw yeah. man is not, that's not Makima's bag. Right, right, She's right. She's not a damsel in distress. Exactly. So so then I guess my point being, as cool as Kishibe's plan was, it was never, he never had no. a shot. Still sick. Yeah. You blow up with bazookas on somebody. <laughs> it's really, really good. And do you think there's significance because they say like reload after 12 seconds? Like he seems like he really has something yeah. going on where he understands the steps you got to take to fuck her up. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it didn't didn't work clearly, which brings me to my next thing. Did Denji one-shot the hell demon? It certainly looked like he did, you know? It it looks real bad for the hell devil at this point. Yeah. Now, a couple of things to note here. We definitely know that demons have sort of like domains and power-ups in their domain. We saw the darkness devil that, you know, they were talking about. Yeah. This, he's in hell, and he's in the dark. This is where he, he rocks yeah. out. Uh, versus hell devil being summoned out of hell. That's like, you know, he yeah. might be... In which case, it's like, why'd they summon the Hell Devil? Yeah, I... Couldn't could they have summoned the, the Broad Daylight Devil and... Well, maybe maybe that was, like, the best guy they could get. Like, how many people got to slit their throat for the Darkness Devil to show up, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, Hell's gotta be... Pretty strong, there's a pretty lot Pretty high up there. Uh, people are pretty spooked of Hell. It's been a, it's been a conscious project of, of many people <laughs> for a long time. And and if, if it's the case, I'm, I don't... Would you classify the Hell Devil on the same kind of tier as Darkness or or Makima or something like that? Yeah, I, I would think so. Right, I agree. So then that easily puts Denji at least on par. I guess it's interesting. If I go by character design, which kind of seems to be a thing, he didn't look... He looked spooky. Yeah. He looked spooky. He looked spooky, like, more on the tier of future yeah. devil than, than the Darkness Devil's entrance and everything. That was like... Holy well, cow! This yeah. guy is is truly a uh, you know primal fear. Yeah, I we'll see. We also don't know for sure that the Hell Devil is defeated. There was just the last panel of, mm-hmm. of Denji slicing him. We'll see. I, I, the other thing to bring up though in in this context is, did Denji get a power up being controlled by Makama? He busted out with like it almost looked like body armor and two chainsaws per arm. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's something of just like the emotional anguish that he's gone through or being controlled by Makama, but it certainly seems like he, he is in a more powerful state right yeah. now than before. This this manga is weird because Denji hasn't really done, like, training or anything to power up. He just kind of gets stronger. Well, they did the training arc with Kishibe. Yeah. But yeah. That, w- that was less, like, power up and more, like, getting into the game of yeah. actually being able to fight. Also, most importantly, what is the, the intestine that comes out of him and wraps around his neck? That's what happens anytime Makama controls somebody. She, she, that's that's her thing. Oh, is that's right. Out, out of their guts. So then, she, then Denji is under her control. Yeah, de- yeah. At, at this point right now, Denji is under her control. So then that kind of breaks down, because I, I, my working theory was that there was something special about the chainsaw that she couldn't control him. That's not true, I guess. Yeah, it would seem to suggest from the end of 83, the contract is broken, and by him saying, I want to become your dog, he yeah, I, entered it. But there's got to be some way to break out of it. I, I can't imagine this I, proceeding I, this way. I ju- I'm not willing to say yet that the contract with Pachita is broken, only because I, I again, feel like Denji would, would die from that, or at least become very debilitated, not having a heart. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the fact that she is clearly controlling him, you know, the intestine wraps around his neck, so he is under Makima's control. Uh, but I don't think it has to be one or the other. Like, he could be under her control and still have his contract with Puchita because, you know, on some level he's happy just being Makima's dog, right? That's That could fit the definition of a happy life or whatever. Yeah, more more research and, and more exposition is needed here. Can you have an active contract with... Yeah, I guess multiple people have active contracts with two demons. He, he could be yeah. in a contract with Makima 
Or I guess the thing is with Makama, is it necessarily a contract or is it just getting or is it going under her power? Well, okay. So if we want to think of this in terms of a contract, the original contract was kill the gun devil. I will give you anything you want. At the time, he was like, I'm trying to smash. I'm trying to get that ass. But that wasn't a contract, right? That's just why, a why human agreement. Well, yeah. We, yeah. we don't know. Who, who, like, and then he killed the gun devil, and then he said, I want to be your dog. So if that's a, that's a contract fulfilled. One thing for another thing. Kill the gun devil. You get your wish. My wish is to be your dog. Now, we'd have to get a, a devil lawyer in here. Does being a dog constitute, uh, you know, you can be controlled now? I don't know. Since then, I haven't seen Denji make another what quote unquote contract with her. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Well, fuck. I don't know. I, I I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, it's pretty crazy. It's getting pretty crazy. One thing I want to point out from the, actually the beginning of '83 that I didn't notice on my first read, um, as Makima's walking past all of the kneeling devils. Oh yeah, and a uh, bunch of them that are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly dead that you know, maybe Makamo was just storing in her guts or whatever um, She says they were all your followers No, she, well uh, the translation I read said kin Hmm the the viz translation says yeah. they were all your followers uh, Some of them are named Seraphim Princey and of course angel. Yeah. Yeah Combined with the painting from 81, right, the fall the, of Lucifer the fall. from heaven, really suggests to me that Chainsaw was before being killed and re-entering into, you know, our realm, like a, a ruler of hell. Yeah. Well, that definitely tracks to me. At the very least, he's responsible for killing demons in hell. Uh, but, I, I, I mean... The painting is definitely significant, right? It's it's, it's massive in the panel, but yeah. the theme of that painting is like Lucifer, his crime was like rebellion, uh, which I guess tracks if he's going to break away from Makima, or maybe it's talking about Makima. She's the one that's rebelling. I, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But uh, one really interesting part of Makima's speech there is her saying, we had differences in... You know, we couldn't agree on our faith. When uh, did she say that? As she's as she's talking about everybody here, she's like, "These were all your followers. We had, you know, differences in in the way that we saw fit to do things." But um, so, Makima may have been a follower of Chainsaw's previous incarnation. Oh, interesting, interesting. And she, there is some sort of schism. Within them, maybe yeah. Makama is the Lucifer figure here. Interesting. But um, there is a, a lot in that little thing. She ends it by saying, they were all waiting for the day of resurrection. Boom. Yeah. You know, interrupted by a fucking bazooka. But we're we're in the midst. We got like five panels of like some of the deepest yeah. exposition that we've got to this point about like the structure of hell and and who chainsaw and, and all these people were that's definitely i didn't i didn't quite catch that but that definitely is getting my wheels turning i, I like i don't know uh when when you think of the day of resurrection i i think that's got to refer to him going back to hell 
right? Yeah. Being resurrected into hell. Well, okay. I guess we need more clarity on how this world works. We know that you go to earth and hell and back by dying. If he dies on earth, does he, does it turn into Puchita again and go to hell? Because Puchita would be like a very weak type, you know, devil. Yeah, I wonder. It's... And also, I can't help but think that because Makima has had many opportunities to kill Denji, and she hasn't done it. So I'm thinking that's not what she wants. Yeah, she well, she has to get something going with him yeah. in this world before she sends him back to hell, maybe. Um, well, I, I think that there's a pretty clear line of her, the whole first 80 chapters is her fucking with him and testing his emotions and things. So that reads to me as she wants Denji the human, just emotionally and physically broken, so that he's under her control. It, either for some purpose in this world or because she needs to get something or get him to agree to something before yeah, yeah. Going, taking him back to hell. But it's, it's wide open at this yeah. point. All we know is that, you know, there's a, these sort of, uh, you know, more loose ends being introduced. So they, they've <laughs> violently interrupted. Yeah. Uh, it certainly feels like we're moving to resolution, though. Like, it feels like this is kind of the end. At least, I, I don't know. Like I could see it going either way, honestly. Yeah. I really want to see Kishibe fuck somebody up. I've Kishi- only seen him fight, like, fight power and Denji, which wasn't no, really No, no, fight. he fights Quan Chi a little bit. A little and then, bit. And never, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not much. And he pretty much dips out because you know he can't yeah. uh, fight her. Um, one last question for Chainsaw Man before we move on, because we do have to move on. Yeah. Um... So we suppose that Chainsaw figures strongly in sort of the pantheon of devils. I'm a bit confused as to how that works yeah. when chainsaws were invented quite recently. Yeah. Right? Like, did, did he just shoot up the ranks? I can't imagine that many people are afraid of chainsaws, which is how that works, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little spooky. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know... I, not certainly not on the level of like abstract concepts or anything. Yeah, that that I really have nothing for because I agree. At least in the way this world has been set up, Chainsaw should be a lesser devil, you know. But we know it's very important. Uh, clearly, it's important. Everyone is fucking uh, crawling over themselves to get get at the Chainsaw Man. I, I think one thing that it points towards is that very satisfyingly, vis-a-vis some other manga, you know, probably more shonen types. This world is not just a hierarchy of how many people are scared of you and yeah. how power, there's history yeah. and you know there's real consciousnesses that are controlling these powers and and interactions between those. Even two. so, like the level of importance that they're placing on the chainsaw, it, it you're right, it doesn't f- feel right. Like darkness chainsaw together that seems not right to me (laughs) so something happened we're gonna have to find out when were chainsaws invented i want to say like the 30s in like the last 80 years the chainsaw devil's been putting in work had to have been i mean if if you take it more broadly there's probably you know like big motorized log runs or whatever in the 1800s but that doesn't really count as a chainsaw no no way you know i need my devil lawyer in here to (laughs) work out these semantics do you have anything else you want to say about chainsaw man I need more. Yeah, that's that's really <laughs> Next where... Next chapter can't come soon enough yeah. because I'm on the edge of my seat. All right, let's move on to Boku then, which is 
almost as popping. It's really it's really a good yeah. couple of weeks right now for for these these shonen jump manga. It's yeah. it's it's so popping. So when we last left, uh, Shigaraki was he had his quirk erasing bullet, and we were debating who's gonna who's gonna get it. Of course, we now know. It was a racer, caught it in the leg. But what I didn't catch, and Jake just pointed this out to me like a little bit ago, a racer cuts off his leg to prevent himself from losing his quirk, which is very manly, very cool. Right. Last time we discussed this, we thought pretty solid chance that Endeavor gets it. Maybe a racer gets yeah. it, you know, because he's around. Could be a, you know, the eraser getting a race type thing. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of more of a strategic target for Shiggy yeah. because he can gank. Uh, endeavor just with his physical strength. So he he you know flicks it with his thumb, catches Aizawa in the calf, and an, just the coolest dude in the world. He yeah. says, "I can handle this. Yeah. I know what I got to do." He's thinking of Eri and chops off his leg below the knee. What a cool dude! They I, better hook this guy up yeah. with the best in hero tech. Yeah. <laughs> Give my man a, a bionic leg. Well, like I, I'm actually feeling like, first of all, I didn't. I guess it's possible to just cut off your leg. I was under the impression the drug was more instantaneous, but I guess that makes sense. It has to travel up your body. I'd have to review. I I feel like I remember uh, Lemillion. It takes a little while. No, it's for... pretty. It's pretty instant. Like he's gonna shoot Eri and Lemillion duck. He does get hit center mass though, mm. so maybe that's why. Yeah. But right after that, he's corkless. But he's you know says I'm still Lemillion. Very cool. Also, but what I was gonna say was. It feels like they are making a concerted effort. And there was even, I think, in 283, a, a, a panel where Majestic, is that the hero? He lifts all the kids away and says, like, you guys didn't, you did everything right. Like, don't, it feels very much like a passing of the torch. I, I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to do a, a might guy with a racer and just have him be, like, in the wheelchair. I was once a hero, but now. But then again, he could still be a hero from a wheelchair. He has to do is look at people. You yeah, know? yeah. Seriously, they need a panopticon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> As I was just <laughs> sitting at the top of a tower with mirrors everywhere. <laughs> everyone in the city, you, you look. He can't look at everyone at, at once, <laughs> but he could be looking at you at any given yeah, yeah. time. Welcome to the police state. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, very cool. Um, and let's just say. Shiggy continues his rampage. Yeah, he's he awesome. He is, is balling out right now. He gets full-on 100% smashed in the jaw. His jaw's he... hanging loose. <laughs> his teeth are all busted out. Which, by the way, some of the drawing has been yeah, really... some of the most intense panels we've seen in Boku. There's, there was a panel specifically in 283 where he's coming at a racer and his jaw's hanging off and his eyes are all white. Yeah, this guy's a villain. This guy's a capital V villain. Looking very cool. Uh, but in terms of, like, larger story, like, this fight is cool, but where are we going now? Like, I I thought more people were going to die. It seems like now we're moving toward Shigaraki escapes, which is cool, but then it kind of leaves me scratching my head being like, what are we, what are we doing? Where are we, where are we heading to? Well, before any of that, we got to see sort of the tenor of this fight with him and Deku. That's dude. Deku is out for blood. He's trying to kill, dude. Bef- before we get there, let, let's review a little bit more of two eighty two. Okay. Um. So, uh, once once Aizawa chops off his leg, Shiggy is out of his eyesight. Yeah. And immediately starts healing, healing himself, 
and he's like, okay, game time. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to start using my quirks. Um, he's already basically, he, his jaw just got busted all the way open. And it's back. It's healed again. And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, you, you had seen his arms are all chopped up before, and now, you know, he's, he's basically back to full strength. But it's not healing his scars. It's true, which yeah. is much like, you know, Deku yeah. uh, has the scars all, all the way Maybe up it's like a arms. conscious thing. He's like, this will make me look more evil. I just have covered in scars. One thing that I really uh, I like about Shiggy in 282 is he doesn't have this sort of... Even in villains with his typology, and I, I think that he's pretty unique, there seems to be a tendency in fights like this for them to have this moment of like, Oh ho ho! Yeah. Now this is getting interesting. He doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the most realistic villains I've ever seen. In that he's like, I you know his video game thing. It's like I need to clear the stage. Yeah, that's it. That's all I care about. There's not like oh co- you know come fight me full force. He you know would pretty much do anything, and you know no grandstanding. He 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 does get a little bit in when he needs to. Um, yeah, he you know, did give his whole speech about how heroes are ruining yeah. society or whatever. But it, it's it doesn't it's not really like a villain monologue yeah. thing. It's like a, a short and sweet statement of like I really hate your guys' guts. Yeah, he's he really he just keeps impressing me because you're right. It's exactly what you said. He's single mindedly. The only thing he gives a fuck about is killing everyone and burning everything to the ground. Two quick questions from 282. Okay. Then let's go on to 283. Uh, the first is. Deku dropped a hundred percent smash at he the beginning does. of this chapter. Yeah. Can he do that in short bursts right now? That was my takeaway from it. It seems like they have to. Shigaraki got a massive power up, so in order to keep Deku viable, he can't keep twenty percenting it anymore. Shigaraki has one for all, multiple quirks, the body mods, and and uh, upgraded decay. Like, so I'm gonna say yes. He. Maybe can't go full cowling 100%, but definitely can pop off 100% attacks, at least pretty regularly, would be my take. Uh, it, it's, it seems like it has to be the case. I yeah. mean, he just did it, and, and he's, he's still fighting, still fighting yeah. so ipso facto. Uh, idea I just had, stupid idea. When it when it's time for him to pass it on, if he does pass it on someday, really should give it to somebody with a hyper regen quirk. Yeah, d- d- just a little bit of an aside. They're all chumps for not giving it to Mirio. He just, first of all, amazing quirk combined with with one for all, and he's an amazing hero. Like this would this would not be an issue. Shigaraki would not be getting anywhere. If Mir- some some people could possibly debate. You know, Deku's brand of emotional heroism, having the experiences that he went through, going quirkless and everything, maybe, just maybe, he is a cent or two beyond Miro, Mirio in heroism. I disagree with... In heroism, sure. R- right, right, yeah. right. So, that's one category. Yeah. <laughs> Every other category, Mirio blows him out of the water. He's a little bit older and more developed, too, which is... Time is of the essence when yeah. you know that you just got, like, poison blasted in your ribs and, and you know, yeah. you, you need to pass the torch pretty soon. Definitely, definitely, uh, if I was in charge of One for All, I'd say, who has the coolest quirk? What do you, what do you got for me? Let's, let's make a deal. But anyway, 282. Uh, I, one tiny last question. It's actually not that tiny. Um, we see at the end of the chapter... 
Uraraka's squad all all getting together. You know, they've evacuated the citizens. The citizens get a news alert on their phone. Gigantomachia is tearing through the countryside still and, uh, you know, heading through towns. And they're like, well, aren't yeah. all the heroes tied up right now? Like, who's going to stop this thing? Yeah. Um, now, we know, you know, from what we've seen already, what the team at Gigantomachia's location has done. They've gotten the sedative in him, etc. But for the time being, he's still going. Yeah. Um, could Urarika play... A factor in in getting Gigantomachia out of the picture, i.e., she that. might have a perfect quirk for nullifying it. It would it would really be nice. Now, being practical, what can she do, right? Because she because at first I thought turn off his gravity, make him fly into space, but she can't do that because she has to physically hold it in the air. So maybe she could lift him for a while. Well, <clears throat> she Urarika works really well with combo attacks yeah. you know if she gets this guy floating then it's just how much force can you apply and maybe we can get this guy into space yeah i don't know if her quirk i think it's time based i don't think it's like it takes her more effort to float something that's further away from her no well it's not it's not that but it's it's i think weight based because i remember a panel of her talking about like i can lift more weight now or whatever yeah and, and makia is pretty heavy yeah but it would be a sick pop-off for her. I would definitely like to see... That's one thing that manga kind of lacks on, is, like, like women kicking ass. Yeah. You know, it would be nice to give her a moment. I thought Ashido was going to get a moment, but I'll give them a pass on that one because she had history with Kirishima, and that was okay. Yeah, it was well-written yeah. there. But but in general, the point stands that especially shonen have, have a tough time with the female characters... Especially considering the fact that it wouldn't be a problem if you just, you know, didn't set them up this way to begin with, but you make, you know, the classic Naruto triads, yeah. which obviously a torch was passed from Naruto to uh, to Boku here, mm-hmm. and you set them up, and, you, you know, you have them have these moments where they say, I'm not going to fall behind you, boys, we're all, and then, you know, they inevitably get left in the dust, so it would be really cool. You know, I think we are seeing with some of these more modern things some significantly stronger female leads. Definitely. And especially, you know, we just talked about Makuma. Yeah, yeah. Crazy cool female villain. One of the best female villains I've seen in any medium. Yeah, and I just want to do a quick COA. I'm aware that there are strong characters, as Jake is saying, in manga. We're not saying that, just in shonens. Yeah, in general. And, and it, you know, it, it's not a... It's not a huge deal or anything, but you love to see it when yeah. it happens. So yeah. it would be cool to see Araka really get a you know a nice pop off moment there. But it's it, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We also know that that the sedative did get into Machia. So like really, what's the sitch? Yeah, I've been waiting for him to feel any effect from that at all, but it doesn't seem like that's happening anytime soon. He's about to run through these these towns. So that brings us. With a good segue into 283, because yeah. we start with the students that were at Machia's position. Right. Um, you know, they like you mentioned, they get the, the call out from the other pro heroes there. You guys did a great job. Yeah. And I think a cool question to start out the discussion of 283 with is Mineta's question. Did, did we, we do it? really do a good job? And he's not just talking about the students. He's talking about the heroes in general. Yeah, and even you could, I would, you could say you could apply that more, you know, largely to heroes vis-a-vis 
their interaction with society. Have we done a good job? All the time. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the failings of heroes that have got us to this situation. You know, if they were really mm-hmm. doing a good job, there would be no Shigaraki. Right. right. Uh, you know, on a on a fundamental level, they, there there were chances to bust through their organization prior to this. Yeah. Uh, all throughout it, and then specifically with this operation, you know, did they just make it worse? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, they're, they're, they 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 sort of when once you zoom in that much, they they had to do this. Yeah, yeah, you know, they have sort of bungled it thus far. You know, if they just could have gotten to Shiggy in his in his thing and and killed him right yeah. there, great success. You didn't, yeah. and and now now it's uh, it's not looking great. Um, but what else were they to do? At least given you know a time frame of a month or two, you have to do this now because yeah. you let them fester, and they're only getting stronger day by day. Yeah, I mean, I feel that, but I, I also think, like you say, they they really bungled this plan. If only because bring all the heroes to this one location is just not not a great squad or not a great plan rather because now Gigantamaki is running around and there's no one to stop him but I think that that Minita thing is more I don't know I don't know if he's thinking about heroes at large he's not he's not that kind of introspective person I would say yeah uh I I do think though even though he might not be yeah you're made to think about that in that panel yeah for Um, sure one thing that I'm struck by in evaluating that question is really the the good guys just don't have enough firepower right now. Yeah. If if Endeavor can't beat Shiggy one on one when Shiggy has no quirks, if some of the other top heroes can't handle two or three high end Nomus. Yeah. You're you're outmatched. Yeah. Well, I what, think. What else is there to do? What do they have to do? The only thing there is to do is for the next generation to to put on their rockly ankle weights and and become strong. That's that's really what it seems like it's leading to to me. You know, Shigaraki represents uh, literally decaying the old establishment. I'm burning it down. I'm I'm so he's a new class of villain. So a new class of heroes is going to have to rise to meet that challenge. You know, so I think that's what it's going to be. I I think there might be a time skip pretty soon. I, I, a lot of people have suggested this me, this to me, and I, I, I disagree. I don't think there's there's going to be a time skip. But I, but I just don't see for exactly the reason you said the the balance of power is so lopsided. The villains have so much, and the heroes have not that much. I think it's it's going to be like you said, plus ultra, like yeah. the, you know the 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 new generation. One stupid thought that I had while I was thinking about this question was, what's the international scene like? You know, could Hawks, once he realized really the extent of of the problem here, been like, uh, yo, uh, we need some help? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that doesn't seem implausible to me at all. Uh, Obviously, it's sort of bending the rules of the fictional universe. We're zoomed into Japan here. Yeah. But why not? I mean, you can say we got in some some pro heroes from Korea or Brazil or wherever. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, they've already canon canonically involved uh, America yeah. in in this whole sort of hero system. 
especially if you're a Vigilantes reader. I have not been reading Vigil. I read like the first six chapters. It I'll would be it. cool. We we should do a uh, a deep dive on it at yeah. one point, especially because it's wrapping up soon. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, that's that's good. Then I'll give that a read. It's solid. It's good fun. Yeah, I like the old man with the brass knuckles. That's yeah, that's cool. He's sweet. He's sweet. But not to get too far off topic. That that was a stupid thought uh, about. But just like what you know, what else could they have done? Yeah. You, did they make the right choices here? And I, you know, although they did bungle this operation. I'll give them some leeway because I think they're just outclassed right now. They yeah. don't they, they don't have the firepower. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, it's just not a good like. Yeah, yeah. I have no. You're right. That's they have no answer for Gigantamachia. They have no answer for Shiggy, and that's not even counting his lieutenants. Like you know, Dobby's pretty spicy, and Toga. Yeah, they're fucked. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they they're. I think, like you said before, it's all setting up for the 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 young guns to yeah. to really grow into the the vacuum there. One cool uh, bit from the first couple chapters of this was we learn in two eighty three that the Nomu were modeled after Gigantomachia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does that mean we in like two seventy eight or two seventy nine? One of those two. Uh, we learn about Machia's multiple quirks. You know, the uh, the the doctor is saying he's the perfect bodyguard for yeah. all for one. He has energy ingestion, blah blah blah. Um, does that mean that they were given to him through this same like sort of scientific thing, or was he just given those quirks by all for one? It could be either of those things. It could be that he's some kind of anomaly. Was he so the flashback with? Ashido, where she is scared and or the the inverse or whatever. That's Gigantomachia, right? But he's yeah. smaller than. Yeah. So he might have, he he might be able to shrink down and up whenever he wants. You think? Uh, maybe. We've only really seen him in combat mode since then. We since that flashback, we see him in the training thing with with Shiggy, where you know they fought him straight for two months. When he pulls up at the uh, Detnarat headquarters for the the end of that arc's fight yeah and then now so those are all combat circumstances where maybe he just automatically goes to full size or it could be that he's grown in in these but he's existed on a significantly longer time scale it's hard for me to believe that he was all for one's bodyguard and just got really big in the last like two years well maybe not in the last i, I don't know do you think he's a Nomu or 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 no? Because if he's a Nomu, then that makes sense. They just oh, we just gave him a gigantism quirk and a bunch of other quirks. You know, like if I had to guess, I think he when he says the the Nomus were modeled on Gigantomachia. I don't think that um, any random person would be able to just have all for one walk up to them and and plop a bunch of quirks into them. I think he has some sort of special body type of thing going on. Maybe it was this particular quirk that he started with mm. that made him more receptive to getting quirks dropped into him. Yeah. And then all for one found this guy and was like, "Okay, this is important. Got to do some experimenting here." And then once they got him to where they wanted him, he all for one and the doctor uh, were like started the uh, Nomu project. I I could see it. I could see it. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah, that's a big I don't know on that one. You got anything else? Oh, that that's just the first half of the chapter. Yeah, yeah. Now we get back to the actual, uh, you know, heart of the matter. Um, it's it's full-on fighting at this point, right? Shiggy rushing up to uh, Aizawa, Deku socking him in the face. Just really, again, like these super intense action panels. How come he got all five fingers on Aizawa's face? He should be decayed. I, I, I wasn't aware that there was a delay on that, like... Right? Or I guess there is, because Aizawa is still alive. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. It, there, there's a number of things that it could possibly be. Um, one could be, I, I, I haven't looked at that panel in a little while. Maybe one of them, one of the fingers is a little off, you know, like it's about to touch and then Deku punches him. But he doesn't even need to do all five fingers anymore. In the fight with the Liberation Army, he loses a couple fingers and he gets like awakening and he can just do it. I'm just saying five fingers, that's like extra, extra, he should have had them. What if Aizawa's quirk didn't get fully erased, and he's right in front of him? Then, oh, and, yeah, that's that makes sense. he couldn't have activated it. I guess that makes total sense. He cut off his leg, his quirk wasn't erased, so if you're looking at him, which he was, okay, mystery solved. It, the, the, it, it might be. It might be. Um, but now... After getting socked, I think he's out of Aizawa's eyesight. Hyper-regen is back into play. Yeah. Aizawa's, like, behind that little building for cover or whatever. And Shiggy's somewhere else. Aizawa's not looking at him. Hyper-regen is back. And this is where, like we were talking about before, we get this um, sort of corollary to Deku's training struggles where his hyper-regen... I guess is sort of like in a tug of war with the attrition that's going on with his body. Equivalent to a hundred percent with Eri on your back. Right. Which is yeah, it is a nice parallel. And Deku even says it's just like me, like his body's not used to the power. Which, you know, means Shigaraki's only gonna get stronger. That's pretty pretty rad to see. But I you know, you have to think that it, he took most of that damage to his body before and now he's in this tug of war. If he can get a couple seconds to just chill out, yeah, then he'll probably he'll probably be you know winning that battle with his own body. Yeah, and and especially because he's at a massive advantage, where Deku and all of his people are cannot touch the ground now because decay is active. And if you're touching the ground, you're going to get decayed. So this is definitely a situation. You know, Deku just now popped off float at the end of this chapter for the first time, as far as I can tell. So, definitely a situation where Shigaraki's favored, because now Deku has to fight while carrying around all of these people and and trying to fuck with Shigaraki. I don't know, it's a tough It's a tough one. It's, it's a sweet activation, yeah. uh, you know, when you get to the float. Like, you're sort of expecting it to come soon, but... Uh, I I wasn't expecting it right there. Yeah. It, it, it just happened instantly. I, I love the writing there that, you know, sort of when you when you get hit with a proposition like Deku, you have to awaken all the other quirks of all the other uh, one-for-all users. It's like you think there's going to be, you know, arc after arc of, like, discovering this, wrestling with some emotional backstory, and then you get to this thing. It was very expertly woven into this fight. Yeah. Uh, the Shimura backstory, and it sort of has this emotional connection. You get Gran Torino commenting on it. That's Shimura's quirk. 
it it feels much better than like going you know fucking off to some random corner of the world yeah. where you meet his brother and then you you know his brother talks about how he was and then you you know yeah etc etc definitely agree now this is this is a little bit unrelated but something I've been thinking about there were eight previous users of one for all is that correct or seven I think eight okay eight now the first one and all might did not have quirks. So, bringing it down to six, Float and Black Whip, bring it down to four, Deku's gonna get four more quirks. Shigaraki can have as many quirks as he wants. So those four quirks have to be really spicy to keep Deku viable, right? They, ha- they would have to be. Yeah, what are they gonna be? I don't know. I think at least one of them's gotta be some sort of kind of non-combat type thing. Yeah, Although- some kind of support... Something to like make people able to resist decay. Intel or... Yeah. You know, well, float is, yeah. the, is the hard counter to decay. Uh, yeah, well, I was thinking more like some kind of like, you know, shield that he can mass apply. Sort of like when Naruto does the chakra cloak in the ninja war. Right, right. Uh, yeah, or I was thinking some uh-huh. sort of information, you know. Yeah. Sight, sound, smell. Yeah. Um, something like that. But, listen... It could could be anything. Yeah. It's the rules of this world. So Yeah, yeah. Now, do you think Deku has a shot in this fight using float, carrying around all these people with Black Whip versus Shigaraki? Well, here's the thing. He is carrying around all these people, but on the other hand, all those people are with him. Yeah. This they can use this their fight cards. does not necessarily need or have to be Deku Shigi one on one. Yeah. I think he does have a chance in this fight, but um, I think for plot reasons, as we've alluded to, it's ending in some sort of draw. Yeah. If not a draw, at the very least, like, uh, you know, Shigaraki's is getting away. Like, maybe maybe Deku wins the fight or, or something, but Shigaraki's escaping. I, I, although I really can't see Deku winning this. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see what happens. But now they just made a point of showing Shoto being on the scene. Uh, well, that that's uh that's like sort of one big question I had ending the chapter was um, who is up there? Who's the whole roster that's up there with him? So there was one person I couldn't tell, and maybe maybe you'd be able to, to remember who this is. He's got Ryukyu, Endeavor, Todoroki. Yeah. Lockrock, Eraser, Manual, the water dude, uh, Gran Torino, Bakugo, and then one other person. Can you think of who that would no, be? No, I, I would have to look at the panel again. I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. But clearly I was staring at it for a while. I was like, who is that? No one of consequence if you can't immediately identify them. Uh, <laughs> that, that may not be the case, but uh yeah. So it's an interesting roster, you know, when you when you think about uh, you know yeah. all the sort of you have Todoroki and Bakugo, who can, and Endeavor, can all maneuver through the air. Yeah. Gran Torino can too, but... Um, yeah, but of that squad, Lockrock and, and Manuel are not frontline fighters. Endeavor and, and Gran Torino are cooked, pretty much. The only ones that are really in fighting shape are, are Todoroki and maybe Bakugo. Well, uh, potentially... Uh, Endeavor g- gained a little stamina back because yeah. we did see mm-hmm. uh, Todoroki gives him like an ice bath. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, 
Uh, he, he's a little bit, you know, in the picture. Listen. Does any of that mean anything? No. If, if Shiggy could fight toe to toe with Endeavor without any of his quirks. Yeah, this is this is a this is a very uphill climb for our heroes, man. Shigaraki is is he's one bad boy. Yeah. At this point. I'm going to be pissed if if we make it out of this arc without any significant deaths though. I will say that would that would be a little bit lame to me. Crust the shield hero died and that's it, man. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's it it seems like the stakes are far too high right now for yeah. I mean, Gran Torino isn't isn't even that much of an ask. No. And, and right now, if, if he makes it out alive, that's going to be a, a bit of a punch pull. It's yeah. It, it, first of all, they really cucked me with the with the uh, quirk erase bullet. While it was awesome to see Aizawa cut off his leg, wh- come on, he could have been a regular bullet. Like I, I don't know. I, and and whatever. I'm just griping, but I definitely it feels like the moment for people to die is is passing, you know, when Shigaraki was rampaging and slamming Gran Torino into the ground and Endeavor's like one more punch, like that was the moment. Now it's oh, Deku's about to square up with Shiggy. It's a di- I guess he Shigaraki could still crunch down on someone, but Yeah. Or or somebody might sacrifice themselves for Deku. Yeah. That that could easily happen. Um but boy oh boy. Uh, I I I, th- I really agree with you in both the fact that they're fighting an uphill battle right now, and it feels like more of a Deku thing, not yeah. like a you know the the time has come for the the marquee matchup. Yeah, which you know, that's fine. That's what I want. But I I hope someone eats it. You know, and I I was gonna say I don't care who. If it's manual, I'm gonna say what was that? No, no, <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares about manual. I had to specify when I said manual, it's the water dude. If you <laughs> said whole, that to me any given day, I might forget who you're talking about. His whole job was to keep Aizawa's eyes moist. He's not a he's not an A-teamer. <laughs> he's the uh he's the clockwork orange hero. <laughs> peeling peeling eyes open. Um yeah, I, I think it's uh something that again, many shonen fall prey to is not being able to really land those punches of killing people. Do you and think it's it's a conscious choice, or do you think there's some executive in an office going, the polls say that everyone likes Gran Torino, so please have him be in more chapters. But that, that doesn't even really make coherent logical sense, because if everybody likes that person, you could, you could generate insane publicity yeah. by having them killed off. You know? Yeah, um, I mean it's it seems like it's just a convention of the genre. Like people don't really bite it, or if they do, it's like massive deal, a la Ace from One Piece. You yeah. know, uh, but maybe we just have to read more of whatever the genre Chainsaw Man is to get more death. That's where you yeah, get it. Because Chainsaw Man's the opposite problem. Everyone dies all the time. <laughs> got enough to make up for everybody else. So, speaking of One Piece, yeah, good enough chance to segue. Um, we discussed 987 last time. One Piece was on break. No, 988. Because 989 was the most recent chapter. Ah, okay, yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Um, yeah, but one, th- there's only one issue this week. One Piece was on break. Uh, but this chapter... first wh- Was this the first instance of all the Straw Hats being together since Fishman Island? 
I think so. Yeah. It, all in one panel. And that panel is badass, dude. It is super yeah. badass. And I, I, you know, it's a little bit of a lull week or more of a, uh, like, a gathering hype week. Yeah. No really big pop-off in, in this chapter. But um, it, it, it really... All, all paid off just yeah. for that that now, panel at the end. No big pop-offs, but I do, just real quick, give a shout-out to my man Frankie, staring down Big Mom like a boss, dude. He, just, he didn't give a fuck. Run away yeah. from an emperor <laughs> of the sea? You even trying, Nami? <laughs> oh, so cool. His moon helmet? Yeah. Super sick. You and can tell that Oda's just having so much fun with the, uh, like the Japanese armor and yeah. stuff in, this, in this arc. And finally, we got a proper uh, robo-docking pirate emperor, <laughs> General Frankie. <laughs> Usopp was laid out cold. And, and then he's like, Chopper's like, call in from Frankie. It's docking time. <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, my God. One thing that I did want to bring up, in our last episode, you talked about how you were, I think, worried that they were going to make Big Mom kind of a joke. And I, it seems like that's the case because she gets rocked by Jimbei, who's respectable, but really it's Robin, who I would not classify as a Yonko-level threat. They did have Jimbei say, uh-uh-uh, she's yeah. going to come back really angry. Sure. Like, they just took her out of the picture for two seconds so that they could get together. I understand um, that, but I just hope, like, in my head canon, there is no way they should have been able to land that on her. So I'm hoping they don't you know, just nerf her, because she seemed very intimidating, she has a pretty spicy right. fruit, like, should be Sayanko, should be fucking powerful. I think it's a, it's a push comes to shove type of scenario, that it's sort of, you know, in this gathering stage of really getting up to these last fights of the arc, Yeah. and when it really goes down, yeah. Big Mom is obviously no joke. So, we have all the Straw Hats together now. Kaido's on the roof fighting the Minx. Big Mom is, I guess, off in the distance. But we got a lot of pieces moving. It seems like now it's go time. But I still can't figure out who's fighting who. Is it going to be a team fight like Thriller Bark? Are we doing 1v1s? I don't know. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot going on. Usually, at this point in the arc, you know who's, who's matched up with each other. Yeah. And it's hard to tell. Um, so, you know... The first part will just be this race to the roof yeah. and see who gets there. It was interrupted by Queen. Who, and King. Yeah, and King. Yeah. Queen really had his first... He was sort of in that same camp as Big Mom. Is like, yeah, he's like a top beast pirate, but he was he was, he was was getting played for laughs yeah. most of the arc. So he really had... A, he didn't even really do anything. But at, prevented both Luffy and Zoro from from reaching the roof. Yeah. Um. So you know, now he's he's in the game. Yeah. I I I. Someone's gonna have to one v one him, right? You you would usually think. Yeah. Just because the Straw Hats all together seems like Queen's not gonna be a match for that. But I mean, maybe he's strong enough to take all of them at once. If he is, though, that really realigns my expectations for Kaido, though. When you think about just character abilities, designs, and who you think they might match up with, um, if we actually do get individual fights, which, again, I think pretty much anything's on the table. Yeah. Um, I, we, we have this, uh, this King-Sanji pairing that 
Again, the the power scale of there is a little surprising. You don't. I wouldn't necessarily think right off the bat that Sanji is on King's level. Well, also, but they're setting it up. I, I don't know. Sanji took off the raid suit, so maybe he's not trying to throw down with King. Did Sanji take yeah, off the raid suit? Yeah, in that last panel where they're all together, he's just wearing a regular ass suit. Ah, which yeah. I'm like, why would you take off the raid suit, bro? That's that's your that's your thing. I don't know. Maybe he he makes a comment about how he hates how durable it is, which I'm like, I don't understand. And then he takes it off, which, okay, I guess, I guess take it off. You're not going to be invisible anymore. Seems like a pretty dumb thing to give up, but. Yeah, well, and durable. You just tank to, tank to like screaming, you know, kamikaze shot from a right hand of Kaido, so. It almost seems like, because it is a race to the roof. And and obviously by the time they get to the roof, most if not all of the minks will be gone, I'm imagining. Uh, so maybe it is going to be 1v1s and then Team Straw Hat versus Kaido on the roof under the under the moon and the big fucking tree. Oh no, the tree's on a different, they're on Onigashima. Right, but it, certainly a you know, dramatic stage would be super cool um, and set us up maybe for another one of those, uh, you know, Arlong Park. Yes. Spikes through down through the whole building. I want to see another full team straw hat attack like on Thriller Bark. That was one of my favorite moments. When so they all, cool. Yeah. Certainly a redeeming moment for Thriller Bark, yeah. which <laughs> dragged on to say the least. A but little bit. I so that's all well and good. Who's fighting Big Mom? Uh where do Law and oh Kid God, dude, figure so into this? Um I'm still kind of on the wave of, like, Big Mom is going to be the antagonist for Elbaf, and and she's going to not really throw down in this. But I don't know, because, yeah, there are so many players. Law and and Kid, you think they got to be involved in the fight with Kaido. At least Law. His whole thing has been like, I'm trying to fucking take down Kaido, you know? So to have him not be involved would be nuts. Kid as well. You know, Kid was in Kaido's jail. You, you, there's no way he doesn't want a piece of maybe, that. Maybe we get Law, Luffy, Kid versus Kaido, and then the rest of the Straw Hats are just cleaning up. I, I don't know. But this is the the part of One Piece that I like the most, which is like, okay, we've set it up, we've set it up, now it's time for the fights. Let's go. It's exactly what you said. This chapter was like, a, okay, we're getting there, but now we're here. Now it's fucking time. Yeah, you, don't, <laughs> you don't slap that panel down without, like, yeah, meaning it's business. Because yeah. the last time we saw it was Fishman Island versus the 10,000 Fishman. When that was rad, they all said, oh, look at my time skip powers. Look at look at what I can do. Yeah. That was cool. And it totally does seem like we've all taken a, a step up here. Yeah. Sanji's was the raid suit, so don't know what the deal is with that. But Luffy got his new hockey powers. Zoro got his new sword. Frankie Jinbei his... showed up. Yep, yep. It's like, it's game time. One thing that I will retract, now that I saw Jinbei do that with Big Mom, which, by the way, was a pop-off. Yeah. We'll give that to yeah. Jinbei. Um, I thought that he was, wasn't was really going to get too much of a 1v1 fight yeah. thing going on. But the way that he figured in that panel, and, like, it really... I don't know. I thought the new world was going to be like a broadening of the crew a little bit. 
but that panel really gives us a like, no, here's a core crew. Yeah. And Jinbei is part of the core crew, which yeah. to me would suggest that he yeah, he may really get a one v one. He if we kinda keep to the model that captains have like a couple lieutenants, you know, Zoro, Sanji, Jinbei, those are the the King Queen Jack, you might say, of the Straw Hat Pirates. They're the they're the big time fighters. What order are they in? I don't know, you can debate. Zoro, I think, is the strongest. But, yeah, I don't see how Jinbei could not be. He's a Shichibukai, bro. He's, he's a serious fighter. Yeah, he's he's super strong. It was more just of a plot thing to me that I didn't think he was really going to get a 1v1. But, uh, you know, he's more of, like, a capable guy in scenarios, yeah. getting you out of here, staving somebody off, etc., etc. We'll have to see. There, there really aren't that many 1v1 opportunities, so you could be right. There's King Queen Jack, Big Mom, and Kaido. Really. There's the Toby Ropa as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Who knows, man? Yeah. There's too many people here. There really is too much going on. It really let's, is. Let's let's get to some fights because I don't want to spend too much time thinking about who's fighting who. Yeah. I end up like a Charlie in the... Always sunny <laughs> thing with a, you know string on a cork board. Yeah, I've been I've been patiently waiting for Wano since I was well, like fifteen. It's like let's go, <laughs> let's this fucking is, do it. It's game time. Um, so one one last thing before we move away from One Piece. Pretty solid joke at the beginning of the chapter with uh, um. Kaido's daughter, or oh, yeah. son, rather. I'm really liking the, I, I am your dad, I'll protect you. Yamato. <laughs> Yamato, I was blanking on his yeah. name for a second. I'm, I'm Odin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it, here's the thing, I'm really into it, I find this very cute, as long as it does not turn sexual. I don't want that. Yeah, no, none of that, none of that. But, I, the, like, the, the reaction phases from Shinobi and Mamonosuke, Pretty solid joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're, we're, he's, he's definitely gonna gonna get his his mileage out of this joke. Yeah. It seems. Okay. Um, shall we move on? Yeah, we're now moving on. I the the last. So sorry, audience. I still haven't read Jujutsu Kaisen. I have brought great shame to the podcast. So we're just gonna be talking about Doctor Stone and solo leveling, and both of them are. I don't want to say a drop in quality, because they're not bad. It is a drop in quality. Yeah. I will say it's a drop in quality. Only because Boku, One Piece, and Chainsaw Man are really hitting pretty much as hard as manga yeah. can hit right yeah. now. And Dr. Stone is... I think it's it's hampered a little bit by the, the concept doesn't necessarily allow for that level of epicness. But also, just the writing right now is just kind of not impressing me. I think I think it's not necessarily the concept, it's more the mood. Yeah. You know, it's just not trying to be that type of thing. Well, the the okay, so right now in the story they're they're fighting Stanley, who's another scientist, but it seems no, like Zeno is the, Oh, Stanley's Stanley is the, the soldier. The number one. Yeah. yeah. But it it seems like they're trying to get to more traditional shonen style fights. Which I'm less interested in. I get that from other places. Wait, wait, what do you mean by that? So you have this dog fight that's happening with with uh, the greedy guy and and Senku in the plane versus Stanley. Then you also have the all the fighters, Sukasa, the spear guy. They're all breaking in to this compound. That reads to me like we're gonna get in there and there's gonna be a fight. Yeah, this is that's not any different than what's going on in. The rest of the manga. Well, I it's don't... It's just now that, that they have more of a, a symmetrical opponent. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. But like it, in the last couple arcs, the the there hasn't there's been some fighting, but the one v one, you know, this is a shonen fight. There hasn't really been much of that, which was interesting to me. Yeah, I, I don't know if having a one v one means that it's a it's a shonen type fight, but it is it is a shonen manga at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty unique though. I I, I think. It it is you. I guess that's what I'm saying. It is unique, and I wish they would move back towards the the. We're using science to overcome. Like I'm just so much more interested in that than I am in. We have to defeat this other kingdom. I I understand you need conflict, but it's just not holding my attention as much. Yeah, it, I don't know. I I don't necessarily agree with you that much. That it's sort of a night and day difference. It is to a certain extent a departure in that this is the first time they're fighting science with yeah. science. So seems like the way it's going, and we touched on this last week, they're not going to be winning this science v. science fight with science. Yeah. It's going to be one with, like, sort of their emotion, you know, them being the good guys. Will you at least admit that capable girl Luna is whack as fuck? I'm so over her. Yeah, pretty much. I, it's, I, like, it's, it's a goofy plot line. The boyfriend request was... Then not you know. That's my least favorite the trope in, in anime. Is like, oh, I just hope I get a boyfriend soon. Whatever. Well, she she she's she fell in love with this this quick talking guy. Yeah. She's got like this forties vibe going on. You know, like I'm the capable gal. Yeah. Who's this fast talking man? She's uh, she's whatever. I I hope that she joins the crew. Okay, we have a doctor now, but then that's the last I need of Luna. And like you said uh, earlier when we were talking about this. Carlos is the biggest simp in the universe. Literally. Oh, the situation's changed. Luna's on your team? All right. What do you want to know? I'll give you all the information. Dude, Carlos, you know, I, do you have any other friends in, in this <laughs> compound that you're, you're selling out? How do you know that these people aren't just going to put everybody to the, <laughs> the sword? <laughs> yeah, um, man. The, it, both of those instances go along with the idea that it's going to be, you know, they're going to win yeah. with with sort of the battle of hearts and minds and not... Um, I, I To that point, I would like it if... So right now in the story, they're, they're digging a tunnel to break in. They're fighting with Stanley in the plane. I don't see how this is... Well, maybe. I would like it if Zeno joins forces with them and then we get back to using our science to get to the moon or whatever. I think they're definitely going to set... They're setting up at least Luna and Stanley to be part of it. Right now, Zeno seems pretty evil. Yeah, could could be some sort of redemption. But is he going evil? Like I, I don't really understand his motivation. He's basically trying to trying to build, do what Senku's doing, right? I mean, he straight up ordered a hit on Senku. Yeah, but maybe listen. I mean, Senku's a threat to him. Because he's like, if we could join forces, then we could do a lot, but Senku he, he would never accept that. didn't parlay with them at all. Yeah. You know, it, boat coming down the river, send the fighter pilot at it. He, he's he's set up as evil yeah. right now, yeah. at least in their universe. You know, I, again, Dr. Stone is not the most serious manga there is. As, as far as they are concerned, Zeno is evil right now. I, I don't think he is necessarily um, arch-evil yeah. and seems like he could... Considering the way they're setting the rest of his crew up to be sort of redeemed and into their crew, yeah. Then, or know, if not, same could happen, if not, you know. join the crew. He's like, I've seen the light, and now I'll use my science from here to benefit Team Senku. 
So mm-hmm. you, we'll 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 build yeah. the ethanol engine or whatever it is that you need. So uh, we're discussing chapter one sixty three and one sixty four this week. Right. We covered pretty much everything that happened in in one sixty three. The Luna saving Senku as his blood is pooling. Uh, Carlos hearing about that and converting and and you know getting them to win the emotional battle. Uh, and then the end of the chapter was basically a small conversation with Luna and the crew members about Senku and his past, like he, him getting married. Yeah. Um, and then hype for the dogfight, right? You know, inbound plane. All right, get the dog, get the plane ready. One small detail from 163 that I noticed on my reread was that uh, Luna, when she's talking about Senku's romantic past, says. 10 billion percent. She's like, she? oh, he's 10 billion percent. Not, or you're 10 billion not percent going to tell me this or something like that. I was like, oh, yeah. are they setting it up? Like, could this actually be a real relationship? I, I mean, know. Senku seems like borderline autistic, only cares about science. I, I don't imagine it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so either. I, I, I have no idea. Like, did she pick up that tick from him? Has he said that, that already? That would be my yeah, guess. Probably. Like, yeah. So moving on to 164, then yeah. um, just gotta say, goddamn Boichi, these dogfight panels were absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, this is where Doctor Stone shines through. It was cool. It was definitely this was definitely very interesting. You know, it's it, yeah, cool. And it's, and it's just absolutely beautifully drawn too to me. The motion of the planes, these like huge cl- majestic cloudscapes. Yeah. He he really snaps on on the art and for this. continuing a trend of you know what I like about this show, which is the realism. It's like really how a dogfight is. You know, the objective is to get behind the other person. Yeah, they really did their research yeah. there on like the you know the general gist of the dogfight as yeah. well as like different sort of tactics that you can use. Yeah. Although, while that research was cool, the sort of actual way it shook out in the fight, which I guess this is the way the dog fights can tend to turn out. It felt like a JoJo's battle where it was just basically like, I've got you in my sights. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I have you in my sights. Well, but yeah. wait, I have you in my sights. Well, that's, I think that, I mean, I've never been in a dog fight, but I would imagine that's kind of the nature of it, right? Is you fly yeah. around each other till someone can get behind someone else. Yeah. But honestly... Yeah, nothing that crazy that chapter, but that was cool. Yeah, they did it pretty well. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm invested enough to where I'll keep reading, so at least that's you know success, right? They they yeah. got me. I, it's not I'm not like fiending for it like I am for Chainsaw Man, but I'll I'll read it like it's yeah. It's it's just cool. It's it's sort of you know a junk food manga. Yeah, you throw me a dogfight this week, cool. You know you throw me a cool new tech acquired panel next week. I'm down. Yeah, exactly. You, you now, know, really, really gorgeously drawn, sort of ties a ribbon on it, and is like, I'll definitely check in. Yeah. But when I'm on Sundays, when I'm checking the Viz spate, it's the fifth one yeah. I read. <laughs> yeah. I, despite what I said, I do want to see strongest primate high schooler Sukasa do something cool. I was talking about this with Dylan the other day. Why is this guy described as strongest <laughs> primate high schooler? <laughs> Doesn't that sound a little weird? Yeah, you wanna you wanna think that it's like a translating thing, but no. I they just called him a gorilla. I guess they it, just it would be one thing if they were like, oh he's very strong like a gorilla. <laughs> there's no there's no metaphor or simile here. They're just like 
the strongest primate high schooler. I think we just have to throw our hands up and say it's Japan. They don't have the same kind of cultural context that we have. Kind of on the same lines as the blackface hero in Class B in Boku. Like they're just yeah, like that what? Guy, He's black. That guy, <laughs> that guy, as Dylan said, needs some new PR. Um, okay, so moving on from uh, from Doctor Stone then into solo leveling, we actually have three chapters right to yeah. go over from from solo leveling just as a quirk of the release schedule yeah but uh, these these chapters were solo leveling kind of does a thing where it's like okay new bad guy is here when is sun jimu gonna show up and that was what this is it's like oh orcs in the high school when is sun jimu gonna show up and then he shows up and kicks ass and it's cool and then it's those interim chapters where i'm yeah. like Ugh. these these three very specifically well the the that was introduced at the end of the chapter one sixteen that we would be discussing first is this gate. So let's just say, I had this note down. What's the deal with sensing gates in this universe, and how did this one smack dab in the middle of a city go unnoticed? I'm assuming they have some sort of sensor, and it doesn't rely on people just like bumping into them and finding them, or else there would be tons of gate breaks all over the world. Well. I think there are they do have tech like tech to sense magic, but I don't know. I get the sense that they do just kind of pop up randomly, and that's that's part of the thing that's like scary about them. I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it boggles my mind a little bit. I don't really care all that much. I'm I'm on board with okay. Get yeah. get in the school, and it's open. But uh. This chapter kicks off with the Knights Guild, you know, <clears throat> funnily enough, on the topic of sensing or not sensing, finding out about the tippy-top strongest A-rank gate that you could possibly get. They're losing face because, you know, it's in their backyard, but they lost their S-rank hunter, the uh, the healer, you know, yeah. the paladin type. Um so they can't tackle this one by itself, although they have the most A-ranks out of any guild, then they they still can't tackle this because you, you really need that ringer. Yeah. They can't ask another guild to help or let another guild clear it because they would lose face, so... Sun Jin Woo. Everybody needs Sun Jin He's Woo. the guy. He's, he's the most he's important the guy in Korea. The he's, the, you know, he's got a ton of hoes. Yeah. Everybody wants... Uh, men want to be him. Women want to be with him. It's, it's Sung Jin Woo. It's interesting because it is that, right? He's just perfect. He's good at everything. All the girls want to fucking suck him. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, cool. Contrast that with, we watched this anime called The Time I Got Turned Into a Slime. And it's basically the same thing. It's like this guy dies and goes into a fantasy world. And then he's a slime. But he he's just good at everything. He has no challenges. And he's like, oh, there's a huge army here. Well, turns out they're my army now. But uh, but for some reason in solo leveling I'm I'm on board. It's a better written story. Yeah, it um, has it has more in the form of the system that's keeping me invested. That want I that's what I'm really looking yeah, for. Absolutely, and uh, at the um, at the outset of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. There's some really cool animation by yeah. episode five or six. It had dipped slightly. Yeah. We made it to like, you know, episode fourteen or fifteen or something, and it was it was the animation was really crappy. Yeah. But um, anyway, solo leveling. One sixteen, one seventeen, and one eighteen. Really not that much of consequence happens, you know? Yeah. So I'll I'll just chug through it real quick yeah. and then we can discuss overall how we're feeling about it. Um 
the uh, anything but solo play joke was pretty funny. Yeah. You know, he goes, how about Ajin Guild? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we see him step out of his meeting with the Knights Guild to take a phone call from his mom and say, sure, mom, I'll have dinner, uh, which leads to him sort of being late to show up to the A-rank guild, A-rank gate the next day. And, of consequence, he uses his shadow exchange yeah. to go to the gate. Right, so he can't use it again to get to his sister. Yeah. Right. Yep. My note here is, don't get lazy with the shadow exchanges, Sung Jin-woo. Yeah. He has, a, he has a time limit. He has a cooldown on them. That's, you know, the only thing that can gank this guy right now. He has insane powers is cooldown. Yeah. But he... he has the dragon that he can fly on, Kaisel, who's fast, and they get a 50% buff when they're around him. Domain of the Monarch is his ability where all his shadows get 50% stat boost if they're, like, next to him. So, still can move fast, but yeah. Kind of chunked it with the shadow exchange, <laughs> using it for convenience instead of what you need it for. So, 117 is really, like, very little happens. It's yeah. it's basically like a hacker horror thing of orcs busting through the school yeah. and... and uh, I want to shout out the guy who's bagging chicks at the beginning of this chapter. <laughs> you know, the girl who comes up to him with, like, the cocoa juice and is like, I bought this for you. And it, he, he's, like, striking a pose. He's like, thanks. <laughs> Just, you know, at least you got that in before you got your head split. <laughs> Very cool, dude. Um, it, it, again, n- nothing much of consequence, as you said, happened. Um there's these sort of interpersonal um, interactions at, you know, in front of the gate um, where all, all these, you know, Sung Jin Woo's taking stock. You know, so this is the Knights Guild, as expected of the Knights Guild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're coming up to him. Oh, Sung Jin Woo, you're so amazing. And then the, uh, the one dude is, like, super cocky. He's like, who do you think you are? Which is like... Why dude, do people keep doing this to Sung Jin Woo? Just... <laughs> Say, okay, you're stronger. That's cool. <laughs> you're a lot stronger. That guy is so dead, right? Yeah. The, the guy is like, eh, you know, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't need you here. Who do you think you are? And like, dude, just every, every red flag is, is just going up around your head right now. Don't say shit like that. I hope that we go back more. Like, I don't mind Sun Woo being like hot shit and everyone in Korea wanting to suck his nub or whatever, but I do hope we we move more toward what I like, which is, you know, him leveling up and figuring out the system. I know you know what happens, uh, but that's my hope. Like, it's great to see him clear A rank gates and start his guild with the with the other guy or whatever, but that's not really what I'm here for, you know. Yeah, it it moves along. It okay. does move along, but uh. You know, the the point of this exchange more is to, they're trying to put, a, as we discussed before, you know, there is, a, to a certain extent, a dearth of emotional investment that we have in his sort of uh, family, you know, yeah. his internal um, struggles. This is the most significant effort to this point that he's put into, you know... The, those relationships. Yeah. Okay. Danger posed to the sister. What are your priorities? Um, you know. So, getting to that point, um, the knight's healer uh, like intervenes in his conversation in one seventeen. Just wanted to say, welcome to the harem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just another one. Uh, 
also wanted to say schools should really have a better evacuation plan in place. Dude, especially in you, this universe. Yeah, you live in a world where monsters can randomly appear. It, it's not an option to say we're barricading the door. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone busts ass out of this school ASAP. Yeah. Um, Ideally, something even better than that. You know, we can we have inflatable slides going out of every window. You'd think. If, if it's even at all a remote possibility that a big-ass orc can show up in this high school and just chop through 80 kids. Yeah. Actually, now I'm really thinking, like, yeah, how do they not have a way to detect gates? You'd think that would be priority one. Like, where are these things going to pop up? Yeah, it could... Throw him benefit the doubt on this one and say maybe they'll explain it later. Like, oh, this is a super secret gate, or yeah, it um, definitely seems like things are like the enemies that are appearing are of not just a higher level but of a higher caliber vis-a-vis. Like they talk and they seem to have plans and motivations and like the start of this new season, there was all those monsters being like, is he the guy? Like, what's happening? Mm -hmm. So I'll maybe accept that this gate is some new thing that they haven't seen before. But maybe there was some switch up. Uh, you know, sensor wise, because we do see in one eighteen, Sung Jun Woo be like, "I thought this was supposed to be hardest of the hard A rank. Yeah. Eight. What's the deal with this? This isn't that bad." Yeah. Uh, you know, the <clears throat> magical energy they were detecting from this big gate is actually swapped with the one from the other gate, and they didn't, you know, they yeah. didn't sense it because there was too much of a signal or noise from from the uh. From the big one is that is I didn't I didn't get that I thought they were saying like it's gonna be bad because it's all full of undead. Well, the hunters in there. Let's get to it. Let's yeah. finish up discussing uh, one seventeen. Uh, not much, too much else to discuss really. Um, the only note I had in one seventeen was that at the end we we realized that um, the orcs are detecting magical energy from his sister. Yeah, because. The shadow soldier. You know, the the shadow bodyguards there. Should they have popped out earlier? Their job is to protect her. They don't give a fuck if these other students die. They say, sorry, that's not the job. He's got to do better with his (laughs) his programming. Or or maybe not. Maybe maybe this is exactly as intended. Sung Jin Woo doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know. I mean... If you you word the command too broadly, then, you know, these dudes could start... Hacking anything. people. Yeah. yeah. He you also know, doesn't... Pr- protect all the humans in your vicinity, then, like, you know, what if they go out and ice an abusive dad yeah. or something, you or know? Or start smashing cars some, on the highway. ethical questions start coming into play if you, if you word the commands too broadly. Also, in the last two chapters, they're trying to make me feel like he gives a shit about his family, but I never got the sense that he gave a shit about anyone or anything. He, he just seems only interested in leveling up. No, he he does care a lot. It's just not well written. So I I don't care a lot. I'm not invested in that. I mean, his whole his whole thing. As soon as he found out about it, was I need to get to the top of this tower so I can save my mom. Yeah, I guess um, I guess you're right. It's not well written because I just never believed it really. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's there's there's no real consequence or yeah. or real you know weight given to those those arcs. Um, so moving into one eighteen. They get into the gate, they get into that dungeon, um, and I just want to shout them out. Although, you're sort of, in the back of your head, you know that Sung Jin Woo can wash everybody in here half asleep with his hands tied behind his back. They did some sick team combat against the two-headed ogre yeah. at the beginning of that. Just, like, 
the the coolest really that you've seen like a raid team really go in yeah. in this uh, manga. This is where solo leveling thrives, you know, because they're full color and because you can read the panels scrolling, it really lends itself to big action set pieces like this, which is what I like. It it it, it was really a sweet action shot, you know. Yeah. Tank uh, tanking that initial blow. The, the rogue type goes in and slashes up the eyes and said, okay, mage types, now you can deal your damage. It's like, yes, this is it. This is what I want. Yeah. This is rating 101. <laughs> this is cool. Um, I, I thought that was cool. Uh, so uh, then he has this exchange with the with the guild uh, raid leader and it's like, you know what the deal is with the two-head ogres, right? It means it's right? undead. Yeah. And we see all these undead. That's when Sung Jin Woo is like, this is A-rank? Like, I'm not getting that much magical energy here. Yeah. They bow to him. He pulls out Beru, dips out. Um, now, again, it's hard for me to discuss this because I know you know, but it seems to me like this gate opening in this school is part of a larger plan, would be my guess, right? Like, the, the orcs are here for a reason, and and there's something going on to where, I, I don't know, it just, I, it can't just be like, oh, random attack, and the sister's there. Like, that would feel lame to me. Yeah, there, there's some trend that's going on, yeah. as, you, as you noted before, in this season towards what's going on with these sort of higher-level monsters that can talk and interact between each other, and why are they showing up yeah. here? Right now, like, we know Sanji is going to fight some ogres. He'll win. There'll be a big ogre to fight. He'll save his sister. All that is great. Uh, whatever. That's how I feel about the, it. The big connection, the, the, the biggest part of 118 is the fact that those undead warriors in that dungeon bowed. Yeah, that's Wu. right. And he said, what's going on here? Is it because I'm a necromancer? I'm a necromancer? Yeah. Am I more powerful than the dude who, who summoned them or Does something? Does that just mean any undead he auto- Auto takes over. That would be pretty cool, dude. Necromancy is just so cool. It's Shadow a- necromancy, even cooler. Yeah, like, yeah. There's all of that, uh, and, and I'm I'm a guy. I I don't really love zombie stuff, you know. I, yeah. But skeletons, I love. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then also right, we get the payoff from one sixteen here, where he shadow exchanges to get to the gate, so he can't shadow yeah. exchange back to his sister. Now he has to take Kaizo, but. All, all of that's immaterial, like like we said. The the real big thing here is what's going on with a these high level monsters. We're sort of getting the gears turning now towards broadening the story yeah. and it back into who am I? What is? What are the powers that I got? Yeah, and I'm definitely I'm definitely invested. Like the story sold me. Just let's get it moving. That's yeah. what I would like. A C- couple of a yeah. uh, couple of not dud chapters, but. You know, definitely Slow, slower energy. chapters. Yeah. Uh, can I can I call Baru Ant Man? Yeah, we can call. <laughs> Ant- 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 Man. I call him Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, why Why is he able to talk and the rest of them aren't? Just because he's high level. Yeah, he's high level, and he was a leader. Yeah. But you, Egress was also well. I guess he was like a lackey or whatever. He was like the the boss for the the king in that dungeon. I don't know. I feel like they should all be able to talk. Tank was a human who was alive, or Iron was a human who was alive, who was an A rank. Yeah, but it, too too low rank. The, yeah, yeah. The uh, 
the orc wizard that he has. What's what's the name of the the wizard? Tusk. Tusk. Yeah. Didn't Tusk talk when he was alive? I don't think I Tusk think so. talks now. Yeah. But yeah. Tusk was a was, uh, spoke when he was Definitely. alive. Definitely. So it's just uh All right. Um Beru there there is a tiny little plot point there. I don't think it's very consequential uh that you know he's we've seen that Beru has a little bit of like a you know like Charmander when when he or, or Charizard when he's too powerful for Ash, yeah. he's he's a little bit too strong. He's got like maybe his own little thing going on here. At yeah. the end of the day, he he does you know obey, but it's not as absolute as the other shows. Yeah, well, Sanjimu has to be more explicit. Save the humans. You can kill everyone else, but save the humans. Yeah, that's good leadership. But say what you want. Yeah, well, when somebody's smart enough to interpret and yeah. not just blindly follow, you need to. At, at the very least, make explicitly clear what somebody's not allowed yeah. to do. No, no killing humans in the dungeon. Although, you know, the, the more micromanaging you get, the more that could come back to bite you. Yeah. No well, killing do, humans in the dungeon. Well, what if a malicious human shows up and starts slaughtering everybody else? Are the shadow soldiers able to resist orders? Because it was my understanding that by killing them and raising their corpse, now they're like slaves, basically. Right. All of them are, besides, yeah. bear, like, in... It might just be bloodlust or something yeah. like that. It's not disobeying. It's bending the things a little bit. We saw in the fight with Cha Hai In yeah. that he like started going a little too ham, and and Sung Jin Woo had to be like, "Yo, yeah, stop, chill it out." Yeah. yeah. So makes sense. Now that is uh, the end of the spate, but there is a new addition that we've been considering adding to the spate, uh, God of High School. And if you stick around after the break, I think we're going to talk about that more in depth. And uh, discuss whether or not it actually belongs in the spate to be part of our weekly read. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you if you stuck around this far, I've set up an email for us. It's the weekly spate at gmail. So please hit us up. Whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's manga related. If you have you know, talk about your taxes, maybe don't hit us up with that. But give us a give us an email. We want to know. We want to know what you think about stuff. And uh, definitely stick around after the break. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Okay, so we're back, and we are discussing uh, God of High School, which is a show that we have been watching, uh, and it's reached a point in our watching, because we watch a lot of anime, and normally within, you know, five episodes or so, we know, is this something I want to sink my time into or not? Like we were discussing before the break, like, uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Cool concept, pretty solid. Definitely not going to really follow through on that. Might read the manga at yeah. some point. but Now, God of High School is is something that I'm really enjoying right now uh, and something that I would maybe be interested in, in uh, investing more time in. But, you know, we only have so much time in the day. So the question then becomes, is it a worthy inclusion into the, the weekly spate? Would it be part of our every week consumption. There's some other questions too, like is there enough there that we feel like discussing every week right. for it to be included? Exactly. You know? Is this is this, you know, I'm enjoying it, but is it long-term viable for for this show and what we're trying to, you know, talk about because Jake maybe you can give a little bit of rundown. There's not necessarily the most uh in-depth show. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I figure, um, you know, with a little bit of exposition about what the show is, what we like and don't like about it, we can sort of get back to this question and conclude, you know, should we add this to the spate? So, just to give a little bit of background for those that maybe haven't seen this or haven't heard of it, um, this is a manhwa adaptation into a Japanese anime. Right, so it's it's Korean. The source material is Korean. You can tell all the people have, like, shiny noses and there's, yeah. like, red on their shoulders and stuff. Um, you know, I, the names are, are uh, Korean. Um, it centers around a high school martial arts tournament. And right off the get-go, this was really what sucked uh, me in just from episode one is they get right into the fighting. Right. You know, you think, you, you know, they're, they're like, oh, there's a martial arts tournament and these people are going to be competing. And you think, you know, you're going to get two or three episodes of, like, introducing all the people, you know, the warm-ups before the fighting, the interactions between the people. First episode, they're getting in the ring and yeah. busting at each other and you're like... Yes, this there's, is what I want. There's no pretense. It's no, I need to win this tournament to save my sisters. No, there's a tournament and we're fucking in it. We're they, kicking ass. They get into it. And, and then, as well, um, at, sort of running alongside this tournament, there's world building that goes on. And they're they're very, very intentionally vague about the world building. There's a lot of, like, that person. Yeah. Or, or you know, this thing going on. But, again, first episode... You got a dude, like, slapping his palm on, on the desk, and a huge, like, force from the atmosphere comes in on an island and, like, flattens a bunch it of leaves people. Leaves a giant hand-shaped crater, which is cool. That's that's badass. Yeah, it and definitely got me on the on the jump. So, so the, the, uh, the general story focuses on um, Jin Taijin. Jin um, Mori. Jin Mori, right. Yeah. Jin Taijin being his grandpa. Um... Jin Mori, who's a, a high schooler, he would will, be, will he become the god of high school? The tournament is called the god of high school. It's very much uh, like we were talking about with Boku, inheriting this sort of Naruto-style uh, three-piece. It becomes clear after the first couple episodes that the sort of triad uh, includes Jin Mori, um, as well as the, the Taijutsu type of fighter, um, Han Daiwi. They're all kind of Taijutsu then, fighters. Well, no, the like, yeah, they're all kind of Taijutsu fighters. But Jin Mori's sort of, uh, you know, more of a, you know, he he's got some weird stuff going on. He uses his his um, not regeneration, um, restorative. Or? Well, he he names it so he does Taekwondo and his kicks are all like like restoring kick. But we'll talk about this a little bit later. They they have stands basically they call them chariot and he refused he's so far refused to use them so i don't think they're actually like healing kicks i think it's just a name yeah i don't know we'll see we, yeah. we we'll definitely get more of that as it goes this is certainly still in its infancy we're on episode eight or nine right. of it it's, right now it's, it's being simulcast i think which means we're watching at the same time it comes out in, in japan um the, there's these two other people. Han Daiwi is is another guy who's you know a bulkier type. With, he would be the uh, Sasuke um, of this group. <laughs> yeah, you know the cool cool cucumber type dude, and then um, Yumira. Yumira is yeah. the swordswoman of of that squad. But uh, needless to say, um, the 
Everybody loves a tournament. Yeah. And this whole thing is a tournament. Right. The, it's just the tournament. And what's nice is, at least what I liked about it, is, like, they try to do a little bit with exposition. Like, Yumira's trying to save her father's sword style, the Moonlight Sword, and Han Dewey has a friend with, with cancer or whatever. But mostly it's, no, we're here to fight. That that does touch a little bit on on sort of what the, the motivating principle is behind this. Uh, it's, it's sort of like a... You know, wish thing, make a wish type of thing, where right. if you win the God of High School tournament, you get anything you want. So, so a lot of people are entering, like you know, Han Daiwi is like, I you know, I need to use your crazy technology that you have employed at this God of High School tournament. The only reason they're allowed to run this high school tournament with these kids beating the snot out of each other is that they have, like, nanobots or whatever. Yeah, that can... basically instantly heal any injuries except plot-related illnesses like cancer for your friend. Well, no, no, <laughs> they, they established that he would have been able to to save him with that technology. Yeah, but... yeah. And anyways, um, that's that's what... Theoretically, most people are in it for, although there's certainly other people who are in it for the fame, you know, or just wanting to fight other strong people. Yeah. All, all the elements that you would expect out of a tournament gathering all the strongest now, people. Now, when they when it first starts, you think it's going to be, you know, 1v1, but it's actually show like, the first, I guess, three episodes is just, like, the regional, and then it gets to the national tournament, and it's teams. So it's Jin Mori, Yumira, and Han Dewey are on a team, and they do, like... You know, team best two out of three uh, type deal. So so far, that's that's been what it is. Uh, now there's also this kind of side plot. I guess it's not a side plot, but the people who run the tournament, the guy with the with the giant hand crater, him and all his lieutenants are doing something that involves Jin's grandfather, who they're looking for. Yeah. Well, also they're facing off against an evil organization called Knox. Yeah. That's uh, you know. That that organization squared off against Jin's grandfather. We're sort of getting this this exposition, this this broader world bit, building in bits and pieces. They're very intentionally vague about it, and it's definitely meant, you know, it's at most equal to the the main plot line. Yeah. This show does something I've never seen before, which is it just presents you like. Okay, so I mentioned they call it chariot, right? Chariot. Yeah. But they're basically stands, is what it seems like. It's a giant thing that forms behind them. You know, one guy's got like a jester with a scythe, and another guy's got a shark. But they just—they don't say what it is. They ju people just have it. They don't make any attempt to explain it, and then all the characters in the show are acting like it's normal. And so for me, I was like, I understand from context what this is, but you just—you really just dumped it on me, like. This is it. This is a thing. Yeah, it, it also seems like it's it's kind of similar in some some regards to uh, Mike Guy's, you know, ele elephant yeah. tiger uh, phoenix type attacks. You know, it's like something generated by the strength of their blows, but also other people. Some people use it that way. You know, like they're throwing a punch and it's yeah. sort of a projection of their punch. Other people, it's like. This dude just pulled out a sledgehammer, yeah, and it's you know that's his chariot. So, yeah. uh, it's it's uh, a weird, broad power thing. But so you know, I don't really need it to be explained that right. well. That's it's cool. That's the thing is like for this show, it's perfect because I it's literally just give me the tournament. I don't need anything else. I just let me see some fights. 
we're beating around the bush. Let's let's really get into it. The things that are awesome about this show. The fight animation is unbelievable. It's like, you know, full animated fights, and they're not just shooting energy beams at each other. They're fucking wailing on each other. Kicks and punches, and it's it looks really good. Right. So the, far. The camera's swiveling around. Not a lot of uh, wasted time. And they put that effort in. Every episode. So far, they have. We'll see if the quality drops. But so far, I've been very impressed. Uh, I like... The main characters are... Actually, I like them. Because they. it is kind of that Team 7 Naruto thing, but more realistic. Like, Han Dewey, he's like... Yeah, he's too cool, but he's still, like, a person. He's not, like, Sasuke flipping his hair and just walking off it to be, like, brooding. Like, yeah. they feel a little bit more, like, normal and grounded. It's a theme of sort of this next generation if we follow this idea of, like, you know, uh, Dragon Ball passing the torch to One Piece and Naruto and then them passing the torch to this current generation. They take some of those ideas, but they develop on them further. Yeah. And, you know, Boku, as well as this one... You know, many others seem to have taken concepts like that, dynamics, and actually fleshed them out yeah. further. Um, you know, whether it's to do with the female characters or... That's actually one huge thing that I really liked. So, in the episode we just watched, they're talking about Chariok, and they're 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 kind of figuring it out. They're like, what is this? Jin Mori is like, I don't want this, which... Whatever, bro. But... The first one to get the Chariok is Yumira, the girl. And not only does she get it first, she she says, I want to surpass them. It's not the Sakura, I'm trying to catch up. It's like, no, I'm I'm trying to be the one that's nice. Yeah. And that was a really nice thing to see, actually. That was we cool. haven't really gotten any indication of, of what her power does. She, but she's got she's got the Lubu it legendary hero Charlie. Yeah, she so she she has like a wooden sword. It turns into like a real magic sword and then she, her stand is like a looks like a giant Chinese warrior type guy, legendary hero. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stand. It's not a stand, but yeah. yeah. It, it it's it's sick. That's that's definitely the main draw of this is just like it's really satisfying fights yeah. with uh believable but not overblown sort of emotional backstory to most of them. Yeah. Uh, this intriguing um, concurrent world building, you know, it's, uh, again, it's not overblown and they it doesn't drag. Yeah. Because the focus of every episode pulls back to the tournament, something very grounded and something that we know. It's It just gives you a taster every episode to keep you, like, Man, there's something, some undercurrent yeah. that's going on. There's def like, there's definitely enough story wise that I'm interested, but really, I'm I'm here for the fights. Like I'm I'm hoping they don't get too like the stuff with his grandpa is the stuff that I'm least interested in. That would be actually kind of a knock against it. Is like they're not fleshing it out well enough for me to be interested, and so it's just taking up like time it's definitely a tightrope because you, you you can tell that they don't want to detract too much from it's called god of high school yeah and this tournament is is where where your attention should be but i i, I may i may be a little more sympathetic to it than you are i'm 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 drawn in a little bit about you know they're they're starting to weave the plot lines a little bit together you know this guy shows up at a tournament and and jin mori is like where have I seen that symbol on the back of his yeah. sweatshirt before? 
oh, that was my, you know, yeah. symbol on my grandpa's thing. Yeah, that was uh, the other thing, is is this grandpa's a real piece of shit, man. From the beginning of the show, you see the grandpa in this photograph of, like, young Jin Mori, and he has, like, kind of this weird, like, sad look on his face. And then in the last episode, we learn that photo was taken when Jin was six on the day that his grandfather, like, abandoned him. Yeah, his grandpa did a classic, like, Listen, the bad guys are coming after me. I'm, you're going to be in harm's way if you don't, uh, if if I don't abandon you. So I'm abandoning yeah. you. You're six. Uh, take care of yourself. Um, it's something we saw very recently in Boku. Yeah. Right. It definitely came back to bite them in the butt there, uh, and it reminds me a lot of Garp. Yeah. Who, it's classic. All anime know, he, dads. He had, he had the two strongest kids in the world, <laughs> and if he just you know put maybe a little bit more effort into picking a babysitter for them. Not a mountain bandit. <laughs> <laughs> they may have turned out not to be pirates, but now they're both pirates, so you kind of got to, you know, sleep in the bed you made there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like overall, though, the direction that God of High School is moving, which is, like, it doesn't seem overly interested in, in explaining the lore, which is actually something I'm, I'm, that's working for me right now, where, it, where it's like, they give you enough so that you understand, but really the focus is we're here to see fights. And yeah. that's, that's it, really. And everything else is, is set dressing for the fights. So far, it's been every individual episode has been balanced. You yeah. know, you get some of the, the world-building stuff, and then, you, you know, you get the tournament as well. We'll see how they walk that tightrope further into the show. Can you maintain interest in... The wider story, yeah. As w- with the tournament, do those plots work together, or necessarily are you going to have to have a break from one or the other? Yeah. Um, I don't know. They've but. set up some interesting things. You know, there's a was it transience of life? The the Zen guy with the slapping technique. He's cool. He's got to fight the shark guy. Certainly, I'm interested in that. I'm still not convinced. So the people that are running this tournament, they like are helping. Are heroes, but I feel like they're bad guys. They don't. They don't strike me as. I yeah, there, there, there's so many things that they've dangled. They keep talking about looking for the tiger cubs. Oh, yeah. there's multiple tiger cubs, and they're looking for the key. Right. What is the key? I don't know. That this is definitely the way that this sort of world building works in this show. Just a twenty second cutaway to like two characters talking. Uh, you know, do you think he could be the key? Yeah. Uh, you haven't even, they haven't even talked about the key before. No. <laughs> what do you mean, do you think he could be the key? Cut away. And it's like, okay, gotta, gotta keep this key thing it's in, one in the back thing of that's, my mind. That's definitely a negative. When, when me and Jake were just talking before we started recording, Jake was saying to me, like, I, what happened? Like, I don't remember, like, specific plot details, but I think it's just because there really are no plot details. <laughs> they don't really yeah. tell you that much what's going on. Or it will come together once we get, yeah. you know, the the pieces that ex- right. retroactively explain and those, like, little cutaways where they're being intentionally vague. They're just banking on the fact that you'll stick around for the fights long enough for them to get the exposition out that they need. Which, so far, I am. Like, I'm enjoying it. We still don't even know what the key is, and they did a cutaway where the guy was, like, interrogating him, uh, where, you know, he's like, why'd you, why'd you stop that fight? And he's like, oh, one of them could be the key. Yeah. And then the guy said, 
is it really that or is it something else? I'm like, what do you mean something yeah. <laughs> else? The key is the something else. <laughs> how many how many things can you possibly yeah. like half introduce? So many dangling plots. Jin Mori, his apparent reason for joining this tournament is he's trying to fight one of the tournament organizers, which they just mentioned very briefly in past. Like that's his wish. Like if he wins, he wants to fight this blonde guy, who has not showed up and ever had any lines. But <laughs> anyways, um. It's it's really um, intriguing so far. Really, it really is. I I like. I think they really got me because they just really dispensed with any of the shit you normally see in a shonen, which is like you know I have to do this for my friends or like I have to train hard. It's no, it's it strips all of that away, which I like. Just I, I would question that a little bit. It's not one hundred percent. It's just they they know where their bread is buttered. Yeah, you know they they do do. Han Daiwi's backstory with his cancer friend. But then can- they, cancer son dies, and he's just like, oh, I'm just going to stay in the tournament just for me. Just. Yeah, but they establish it, you know? I it's, guess, it's, but I, I would put that in the same category as Sung Jin Woo, or like, yeah, that's his motivation, but his friend is dead. He's, why are you in the tournament still? Like, they, You know, you, they, they, they give Yumira a full episode of of her multiple of dude she's, she's got the most development out of anyone she had that that lame-ass wedding episode where she almost got married but then didn't yeah it, not worth not worth diving yeah. into here but um look we so we've established fairly well that this show with its fairly apparent drawbacks that aren't really drawbacks at all because it owns them yeah um, is really entertaining. Yeah, it 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 keeps finding new ways to be interesting. It did something that I've never seen before, which got a real belly laugh out of me, which was it it had bleeps, like it bleeped out swear words from yeah. this chick who was like cursing up a storm, and I was like, I've never seen that before. It's just very funny to hear beep beep beep. <laughs> it's Korean or whatever. Um, it it ha- mixes the uh. What you know and love, right? Like tournament style. The main character is very much of the Goku Naruto yeah. mold. Obsessed Goku, with yeah. fighting. All he cares about is fighting. Like eating. Yeah. In the episode where Yumira is gonna get married, the, this guy's main objection is like, if you get married, then I can't fight you. And it's like, what, bro? I'm <laughs> what? I'm trying to get married. Zero emotional <laughs> intelligence. Uh, but but like. It, falls ass backwards into emotional intelligence by virtue of that, which yeah. is definitely a, a trait of that whole Goku, Luffy, Naruto stereotype or archetype. Um, it, it just looks wise. He, he looks a ton like like a skinny Goku. Yeah. Spiky um, hair and goggles, although his is like a sleep mask, but same thing. Like Basically. Yeah. So it's it's got all of those elements, but... Um, it's got sort of a newness. Some of that newness is just straight up the visual style. Yeah. Having the Korean, having it be a Korean adaptation lends it a little, you know, just a, a, a flair for something that I at least haven't been exposed that to. It that definitely much. looks different, but that that would not be enough. It, it really is the, the animation quality that so far every episode has delivered. Every episode has at least one cool fight that's fully animated, which is, that's what I'm showing up for, so... That's great. It's really great. So now to uh, to circle back, I guess, to our original question is how does this figure into our weekly speech, into, into the podcast, really? I think 
my my verdict on this, and maybe you disagree, is going to be I'm willing to give it probationary status in the spate. We'll talk about it until it lets us down. If that if that point comes and we say God of high school, you you've chunked it, then fine. But right now, it's really it's it's the best version of of that tier two, you know, Doctor Stone solo leveling, where it's not I'm not emotionally invested, but I'm definitely very much trying to watch this more. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I listen. I'm there. Yeah, and I think like you said, I I'm not as anticipatory for it as I am for like the newest installment of Chainsaw Man or Boku, but I'm definitely more interested in seeing it than I am in reading Doctor Stone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and again, that's not a huge knock on Doctor Stone. That's just like this. This is really fun right now. It's yeah. it's showing me something I've never seen before. So I would say I I would love to discuss it. One other variation that I just thought of as we were talking is. If this season finishes, would we want to start reading the I would original be source material? I would like to read more because I'm I'm sold on the story. Like I'm sold enough to where I want to know what the hand guy's deal is. I want to see more of these these stands. I'm just gonna keep calling them that. I mean, I would be down. I would be One down. thing I gotta check out. I don't know if the source material is under current serialization. You know, we could read a chapter a week. Um, from where you know where yeah. the season ends, but you know if if there if it's available, you can't you can't limit yourself no, to reading no a chapter a week. That's yeah, that's that's an impossibility. So then we could binge all of it, catch up if yeah. it's being currently serialized, and then and then read it. We'll have to we'll have to do some checking. I really hope that it's the same format as solo leveling though, where it's like full color and you can scan down that would be nice Scroll. then it those, would be very bingeable those are so nice man. yeah it's it's really just like you know i can lay back in my bed on my yeah. phone and and you know it's it's very portable one one thing that i'm really not liking about god of high school is the fucking opening song it's like a techno remix that i do not enjoy it's not, it's oh. not great it's not great um the uh the end of the day i'm ready to stamp it are you ready to stamp yeah, it i think we're gonna say it's it's in probationary status but i think we're gonna we're gonna say it's in so kong kong yeah <laughs> first uh, on on air addition yeah to the spate everyone out there anyone if you're out there i encourage you to watch god of high school there's only eight episodes you can catch up we'll be talking about episode nine next week uh in the first part in our just normal weekly spate discussion uh, and I'm stoked about it. I think this show is really good. I think that there's a it has a lot of potential to be a lot of fun. So hopefully it doesn't let me down. Yeah. That's that's about all there is to that. I think maybe for a couple minutes to close out while we're on the topic of anime we've been watching, should we say a couple words about uh, Great Pretender? Ooh. Well, I do want to do um, an, an episode just about Great Pretender. But suffice to say, Great Pretender is another one that we've been watching that I'm... You don't know me very well yet, audience, but I love con men. I love crime shit, and this is that. It's a it's a con man crime show, and each little you know five episode chunk is a new kind of caper that they're getting into, and I'm I'm very in so far. It's it's got a great sort of uh you know jazz sooty theme yeah. as you as you might want to get into uh, with the whole con man setup, even though it's set in in present day. Um, it, 
I honestly, I, I thought of it just a second ago because you were like, man, the God of, God of High School opening is god-awful. Yeah. It's one of the few animes I've ever seen with a very thematically appropriate uh, intro. Yeah, both both in terms of the visual style and the music. It's like a, a jazz, you know, guys like running through doors and things and people are chasing him. Yeah, definitely, the, definitely cool. The, the visual style of the animation for, yeah. for the intro is like sort of jet set yeah. you know, 60s. Actually, that's one thing that I really like in general is the animation is like very angular. Like the faces are really pointy it's just not something I normally see. Yeah, the the art style in general, the backgrounds for yeah. everything look like sort of the that quirky, you know, like bossa pop 60s modern type of thing that you sort of associate with the more tropical side of yeah. like man of mystery international con man type of things. I don't want to get into it too deeply because we're definitely going to do our own episode about it. Suffice to say, that's coming up. I think, I mean, are, you want to go watch some right now? Like, I, I, I think we should. I fell asleep yeah. last night when I was watching some of it, so we got some more to watch. All right, nice. Let's do it. All right, guys. See you next week. We're out.